book of Numbers, chapter number 16. And we've been asking this question over the last several weeks. Do you have an attitude? Look at your neighbor and say, do you have an attitude? Come on, look at me in the eye and say, do you have an attitude? Yeah, some of y'all say, yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do. Yeah, just, just, just work with me. Like some of y'all say, don't judge me, don't judge me. <laughs> well, we're going to have to judge that attitude to see what kind it is, to see if it's healthy for you spiritually or not. Because, see, what we discover as we examine the children of Israel, and we know that Paul in 1 Corinthians wrote that these things happened to them in order to instruct us, to teach us, to exhort us. So we're looking back at Israel and saw how when they had some messed up attitudes, what happened to them. And so we, and we certainly don't want to repeat the same thing. But we also know that God, God, God is watching us. If we belong to him, if we're his children, then there is an expectation from the God who we serve that we have the right attitude. Do you have an attitude? Look, now, this is, this is a, another one of the instances where the children of Israel went off the rail. I mean, they, they were off the track. They were, as, we, as they said several years ago, off the chain. Any of y'all got some folks in your life who are off the chain right now? Now, let me tell you something. You all not be living off the chain. God desires for us to have holiness in our life. Holiness is still right. And God has an expectation that if we claim to know him, that he is expecting us to live a certain way. He's expecting us to make certain decisions that are in line with his covenant agreement with us. Amen. So let's look at it right quick. Numbers, the 16th chapter. And we'll begin reading at verse number one. Number 16, verse number one. The text says, and we'll read it from the New Living Translation, then I'm going to go to the KJV a little bit later on. It says, one day Korah, son of Izhar, a descendant of uh, Kohath, son of Levi, conspired with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, son of Peleth, from the tribe of Reuben. They incited a rebellion against Moses, along with 250 other leaders of the community, all prominent members of the assembly. Everybody said they were prominent. They united against Moses and Aaron and said, you've gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord, and he is with all of us. Listen to the language now. Listen to the language, okay? Watch this now, because some of y'all have been talking like this. You've been gone too far. You've gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord, and he is with all of us. What right do you have to act as though you are greater than the rest of the Lord's people? Uh, everybody say attitude. attitude. When Moses heard what they were saying, he fell face down on the ground. Then he said to Korah and his followers, tomorrow morning, the Lord will show us who belongs to him and who is holy. The Lord will allow only those whom he selects to enter his own presence. Korah, you and all your followers must prepare your incense burners, light fires in them tomorrow and burn incense before the Lord. Then we will see whom the Lord chooses as his holy one. You Levites are the ones who've gone too far. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, have you gone too far? Now, guys, invariably, as human beings, as individuals who are uh, uh, in a relationship with a variety of people, invariably, even within the church, you'll come in contact with somebody who's just gone too far. You're going to come in contact, yeah, with somebody who has lost their mind. And what we see here is some of the followers of, of God, some of the Israelites, amen, because they were in a certain predicament, they had gone too far. Their attitude needed adjustment. Now, we told you, we said, what is an attitude? attitude attitudes are patterns of thinking formed over a long period of time. And we look at this rebellious attitude. We're going to start looking at rebellious attitude today and then understand that rebellious attitude needs to be replaced by an attitude of submission. Plus, let's define rebellion because sometimes, how many of you know, sometimes we can be in a state of rebellion and not even recognize it. Can I get a witness today? In a nutshell, rebellion is knowing, listen to this carefully now, because some of us say, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I love the Lord. 
I love his word and, and I, I study my Bible and I come to Sunday school and I just love the Lord. I really love the Lord. I really love. You don't know what he's done for me. Gave me the victory. I love him. Y- 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 y'all saying it. But I- I'm here to tell you that sometimes we say stuff that we don't really believe. Sometimes we're just running off at the mouth. Sometimes we're talking loud, ain't saying nothing. Are y'all with me today? In a nutshell, rebellion, watch this, is knowing what God wants me to do and refusing to do it. Very simple. You don't need a doctoral degree to understand that. Rebellion is knowing, everybody say knowing. Knowing what God wants me to do and refusing to do it. Rebellion against proper authority actually reveals a deeper rejection of God's authority, which can bring some devastating consequences in our life. Let me give you some background here as we continue to move toward this, uh, this, uh, the book of Numbers as we unpack some, some rich history from the nation of Israel. When you review the history of Israel from Egypt to Canaan, you discover that the nation got into trouble every time they resisted the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Whenever God sought to build the people's faith by bringing them into a difficult situation, they immediately rebelled against Moses and Aaron and blamed them for their plight and, and they actually made plans to return back to Egypt. They made plans any time it got a little hard, any time it got a little difficult. And many times the difficulty and the hardness came as a result of their poor choices. It came as a result of their bad attitude. Yet, when it took place, they blamed Moses and Aaron. Some of y'all seen it right now today. You... you you haven't gotten any further than you've gotten in life. and You haven't got to your promised land because every time you make a bad choice and bad decision, you want to go and try to blame somebody else. You blame your mama. You blame your daddy. You blame the preacher. You blame your teacher. You blame everybody. You blame the president. You blame, you blame your congressman. And, 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 and really, when you look, that, look at it, it's, it's really you. Because everywhere you go, you there. And you haven't discovered the reason why you keep having all these problems. And it, it seems like everybody else is the issue. It, you're the common thread in all those situations. So everybody say, check yourself. Check yourself. Check yourself. So, so they, 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 would blame, they would blame Moses and Aaron when in actuality it was them and their poor choices and their bad attitudes. They would put them in their situation. Now, Numbers 16 and 17, chapter 16 and 17, record two challenges to the leadership of Moses and Aaron, one from a group of Levites, which we're going to see here in this text, and then in, in, in the latter part of chapter one from the people as a whole. The Levites came and challenged them, and then later on in this chapter, the pe- all of the people began to challenge them. And out of each of these confrontations came a visible reminder to the Jews of their rebellion. Okay? And we'll, we'll see that a little bit later on. Now, the first confrontation we look at here, as we, as we just read about, uh, understand something here. No matter how much God did for them, the Israelites, and no matter how much God taught them, Israel was not a spiritually minded people. I'm going to repeat that again. No matter how much God did for them and how much he taught them, they were not a spiritually minded people. They still had Egypt in their hearts. And their lust for idols stayed with them even while they marched through the wilderness. See, some, some of y'all are in, in the church. I, mean, I ain't going to say y'all. Some of us. That's, that's, so y'all, I, ain't, I don't want to pick at nobody. Some of us are in the church. But we still got the world in our heart. Some of us are in the church. But we still got the world in our heart. Some of us are in the church. But we still got some of those old sins, those old fleshy habits that still want to rise up and rule our lives. 
Some of us, if the truth be told, if we had half a chance and could, didn't nobody discover, some of us would go back and do, start doing the same stuff we did before we got saved. Because we brought some old life into the new life. And that's what was happening here with the, with, with the children of Israel. They still had some Egypt in their hearts and some lust for idols that were still permeating there. Moses, mind you, was a godly leader. And Israel could have been a godly people if they had obeyed, had obeyed what they've taught. Now, I'm, I got news for you right now. I, I, as your pastor, I'm not impressed. I'm really not. And I love you, but I'm not impressed by you being here today. This is your reasonable service. I'm not really impressed by, by how loud you shout. I'm not really impressed by uh, how, how long you dance or how fast you dance. I'm, not, I'm, I'm really not impressed by how much you pontificate in the Sunday school class. Because see, really, th- those things are good, but in actuality, if you don't obey what you're taught, if you're not doing the scripture as it is proclaimed, rightfully exegeted, amen, so you can have correct, amen, interpretation for today, if you don't do this word, child of God, then you're not really going anywhere. Are y'all with me today? So, so, so even though they had a godly leader, Israel uh, could have been a godly people if they had obeyed what Moses had taught them. Now, now, now watch this, guys. Whenever you find complaining and rebelling among God's people, listen to me carefully, there's usually a stated reason and a hidden reason. Everybody say stated reason and hidden reason. You know, you know can, I, can I put it in, in, in a plain and understandable manner? Okay. Let's say, for instance, um, if, 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 um, if, if you're a married couple, all right, you're married, and all of a sudden you come home and then it seems like your husband is kind of irritated. And, and then the husband starts complaining about everything. Just, just in a irrit- any of y'all husband ever get in an irritable mood? <laughs> I, I, need, I need some wives to, to validate this with me. Wives, any of y'all husband ever get in an irritable mood? And and, and 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 sometimes when you ask them what's wrong, they'll tell you something, but they ain't the real reason, huh? They look at it this and they, the stated reason is I'm upset about this or I'm irritated about this. But the real reason is that, 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 that you ain't giving them no loving. I, I, need that to, I need that to sink in. If the Lord don't help me. Ooh. See, the stated reason is. That, 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 that the dishes in the sink and then there wasn't no food cooked and he, he's complaining and moaning. But see, see, the moment you satisfy him, he don't care how many dirty dishes up in there. He don't, you can go and do whatever you want to do. Go and buy whatever you want to buy. If I'm lying, I'm dying. There's a stated reason and there's the real reason. See, sometimes in life, and sometimes in church life, and sometimes in your own family, people will be complaining about one thing, but, but the real reason is, is, is something different. It may be jealousy. It may be envy that's causing them to complain and to have a bad attitude. Are y'all still with me today? Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Korah's public complaint was that Moses and Aaron were running things and not giving the people opportunity for input he wanted more democracy in the camp after all he said the lord dwelt in the entire camp and all the people were a kingdom of priests that's what he said right so who were moses and aaron to elevate themselves above everybody else can we go back to this for a second watch this watch this look at what he says here uh, verse number three read it right quick number 16 verse number three gotta move gotta move first three says this they united against Moses and Aaron and said, you've gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord, and he is with all of us. Now watch this now, because some of y'all sit there and say, Pastor ain't the only man who know the Lord. 
I talk to God too. Uh, uh, Craig don't want to, Roddy don't want to know, Dick and Charlie don't want to know the Lord. I, I pray too. Huh? Nobody said she didn't. But watch what's happening. Watch this now. Look, look, look at it. Watch this. Are y'all still with me? He says this. Uh, uh, the whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord and he is with all of us. What right do you have to act as though you are greater than the rest of the Lord's people? When Moses heard what they were saying, he fell face down on the ground. I like Moses, whenever they got to acting foolish like this, Moses, Moses had a way of just giving for the Lord because, it, 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 you know, when he saw their, their, their ungratefulness, it sort of bothered him. Because Moses... Moses actually was, Moses was not a guy who was, who was looking to try to go and lead something. Moses was actually a reluctant leader. And oftentimes, those are the kind of leaders that God will, will use, not the one who's bucking for a position, who's bucking for authority, trying to push his way to the front. God will use that humble man, can I get a witness, whom he know he can mold and shape and be the leader he called in the day for him to be. So Moses wasn't one of these guys who was power tripping. As a matter of fact, he didn't want to do this. But God had to kind of let him know you're the chosen one and you're going to do what I told you to do. So the hidden reason, listen, listen, is the hidden reason. Again, there's a stated reason and there's a hidden reason. And I've learned even in counseling, you got to you got to get beyond the stated reason why people are there and get to the hidden reason. Because if you deal with the hidden reason, you'll solve the problem. You get to the root, then you destroy the fruit. Many times in, in our lives, guys, we only deal with the fruit and don't kill the root. And then you can take the fruit off, but it's coming right back again if the root is still there. Are y'all with me? The hidden reason was that Korah wanted the Levites to have the same privileges as Aaron and his sons. Korah wasn't satisfied to be assisting the priest. He wanted to be a priest. Some people aren't satisfied with... Amen. Amen. Being a strong second, they want to be in charge. Now, keep in mind, guys, that that during the events recorded here in number 16, Moses was more than 80 years old. He was a proven leader, though certainly he wasn't perfect, y'all. Amen. In the scriptures, we see some of his faults, but he's humble and he's been successful. Clearly, the people's murmuring, murmuring was often against Moses, but their failure wasn't his fault. Again, Let me ask this question. How many times in your life or my life or our life do we blame our failures and shortcomings on someone else? It's the man that's keeping me down. It's this person that's doing this. They won't give me. I I, I don't. Listen, listen. I've told you before. Give me day's name. We go talk today. But see, the God I serve that said he says, I, I, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves me. The God who I serve says by faith. Amen. When I walk by faith and not by sight, I can accomplish whatever God sets my hand to accomplish. Look at some truths about rebellion right quick, okay? Because it's important because here's what I discovered. Many, many Christians don't realize that, 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 that oftentimes they're, they're, they're walking in rebellion. Go to 1 Samuel 15 and 23 right quick. Look at this from the King James Version, 1 Samuel 15 and 23. Look at some truths about rebellion because many times we don't even know but we're in rebellion because our definition is, is rebellion is knowing what God wants me to do and refusing to do it. Everybody say, knowing what God wants me to do and refusing to do it. Now, now as you get here, keep in mind that rebellion, when we talk about rebellion, we're not talking about ignorance. In other words, when I don't know and I need to be taught. Sometimes people are walking out of the will of God because they don't know any better. They hadn't been taught. They may not have been in the teaching ministry. They don't know certain areas of, 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 of Christian theology and doctrine because they hadn't been taught. They, they've been entertained. So sometimes, uh, you know, rebellion is not, you know, not doing the will of God because you don't know. Or nor is it discouragement. In other words, when I know but I'm discouraged and I'm struggling. No, that's not what I'm talking about. No, rebellion is knowing but not doing. Rebellion is having a clear understanding of what the will and the word of the Lord is, but you just refuse to do it. That's rebellion. Everybody say rebellion. Now, notice what the text says here in 1 Samuel 15, chapter verse number 23. Let's read it together. It says, for rebellion is as what? The sin of witchcraft. When you walk in rebellion, 
you know, really, you, you, it's like it's like fooling with witchcraft. And, and, and stubbornness is as, is as iniquity and idolatry. But because thou has rejected, watch this, because thou has rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Talking about Saul here. See, when you reject the word of the Lord, when you walk in rebellion, don't expect God, come on, to, to, to open the doors of opportunity for you. Because how are you gonna how are you gonna ask God to guide your footstep and open a door of opportunity for you, but you refuse to do whatever He tells you to do? See, too many times we think we think relationship with God is just, just about coming to church, and it's more than coming to church. I'm here to tell you, God is after relationship. He wants to commune with you. He wants to do life together with you. He wants, you, he wants you to consult him before you make a choice or a decision. Can I get a witness? He wants you to consult him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own little understanding, but in every one of your ways, all your ways do what? Acknowledge him and he'll do what? Now, if you don't acknowledge him, then he won't come in and direct your path. Now, he'll orchestrate things around you to try to get you to look up to him. But ultimately, God says, you got to come to me and ask for help. And when I show you through my preach word, when I show you, amen, in the Bible, when I show you through a message that came forth, then he expects us to do what he says. So, so, so first thing is, first truth about rebellion is, number one, rebellion is serious. Everybody says serious. It's serious. It's serious. It is serious. It's as a sin of witchcraft. Amen. When you reject God's word, then you, it's, it's like rejecting him. There's no heart that God has a harder time dealing with and changing than a rebellious heart. And, and, and let me say this right quick. Let's you sit there and think that uh, ain't none of me. All of us, amen, have some level of rebellion in our hearts. Can I say it again? Ever say all of us. It's the last time I'm going to tell you, look at the neighbor, look at the neighbor, say, neighbor, you got some too. All of us have areas in our lives where we have chosen not to do what we know to be right. All of us have some areas where God has clearly, amen, spelled it out in his word, but we, we, right now we're in a state of not doing that. Everybody say rebellion. Go to Romans, the 13th chapter, we right quick. Who's in charge? Who's in charge of your life? Romans 13. Watch this. So rebellion is serious. Because if we say we belong to God, he wants to use us. Okay? Rebellion. is who's in charge? Romans 13. One. This passage here, when we look at verses 1 through 7, tells us that the powers that be are ordained of God. So, so what are these powers that be? I mean, what authorities has God established? Okay, got number one, human government. God established human government. Okay, y'all with me? Church leadership, elders and pastors, amen, and other recognized church leaders. So church leadership, God established that. Husbands in the home as leaders of the family, God established that. Husbands in the home as leaders of the family, God established that. Husbands in the home... As leaders of the family, God established that. I got to say it one more time. Husband in the home, as leaders of the family, God established. Husbands and wives together, as leaders of their children, God established that. Look at this last one here. Bosses at work and the people who are over us, guess who established that? God established that. Now here, there, yeah. See, right now, I, I feel like I'm getting warm up in this place because some of y'all sitting here right now, and you, 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 you don't seem to be able to get along with anybody at work and anybody that that, that manages you because, after all, you smarter than anybody in the room. And a Christian, a born again believer, knowing that God established that order, should be the per- he should be the least likely person at work. To, to, to rebel and not do what they are asked to do. 
and yet it seems like we some of the worst ones there. This won't come to work on time. How many times you been ridden up for that? The powers that be are ordained of God. Can we go to the word? Can I put some Bible on you? Because some of y'all have been struggling. Some of y'all can't get to where God wants you to get to because you hadn't understood that, that there is an order even at work. There's an order even at church. There's an order even in your home. And that order, that authority has been established by God. And when you step outside of that authority and refuse to submit to that authority, you're in a spirit of rebellion. Rebellion. Knowing what God wants me to do and refusing to do it. So, 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 uh, again, the power to be ordained of God and to make a choice to rebel against the authority that God himself has established is a very serious choice. Okay? And watch this. Watch this. Everyone must do what? Submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Doesn't mean, it, it, guys, let me, let me tell you something. When you look at this thing, it doesn't matter whether you agree with them or not. It, it doesn't matter if they're the best authority figure or not. When you are up under their authority, God expects you to submit to their authority as long as they're not telling you to sin. Are you with me? Or do something that's immoral. Look at verse number two. Watch this. So anyone who rebels... Look at what the text says. Anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. I didn't make it up. It's right there. You want to go to the KJV? Let's go to the KJV. We got some KJV KJV only people. I don't don't knock that. Listen, that's what I preach from too. But look what the KJV says. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the orders of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves what? Okay. In case you don't know what damnation is, go back to verse, go back to the NLT on that, verse number two. <laughs> damnation, that's what that sounds serious. It is serious. When we know what the word of God says and refuse to do it. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. Verse number three, let's go, come on, let's go. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. You know what? If, 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 come on, they don't strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. I don't, I don't, I don't fear the authorities coming knocking on my door and searching my house and find cocaine. I don't fear that. I don't fear them coming knocking on my door and, and, and finding uh, uh, marijuana there. I don't, I don't fear that. I don't fear them coming knocking on my door. And, 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 and taking me to jail because I jumped on my wife. She don't feel that either. <laughs> She's from Haynesville. And they don't play that up there. We, we, we were joking around one time, and, and, and I was, we were talking about that, and, 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 and we were just talking about what would happen if, if, if I got out of control and started, um, uh, um, uh, started hitting my wife. And which, by the way, you're a coward if you do that, man. And if you do that, man, you, your butt ought to go to jail. Hey, hey. We were talking about that, and Maria said, okay, if you do that, you got to go to sleep. <laughs> and she told me, she said, you sleep too hard. So <laughs> I said, well, hey, yeah, if I do that, I'm going to sleep up against the door. Yeah, you got to go to sleep, though. <laughs> but, but I don't fear that because, because I, I'm going I'm to submit myself to the government authorities and the laws of this land, the laws of this state. I'm not going to knowingly disobey the law. Well, let me take that back. Because I have gotten a ticket before. 
Anybody in the house with me? Anybody rebel on the highways? I need two people to say, I have rebelled on the highway, Pastor. I ain't proud of it. But I got a ticket or two in my lifetime. That's rebellion. Are y'all with me? Keep reading. Do what is right and they will honor you. Look at verse number four. Let's read. Come on, let's go. Gotta go. The authorities are God's servants sent to you for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid. <laughs> for they have the power to punish you. They're God's servant. Now, again, I understand sometimes people in authority may not be righteous themselves, but, but as a general rule, even when it comes to, let me, let me say something real quickly. Even when it comes to, to, to our police officers, we have some, some outstanding police officers retired and currently serving here in this church. Every police officer ain't what you see on YouTube. Can I just talk? Every police officer don't have the attitude of some of these folks who went out of control. So you can't punish all of them because of you got 1% that may be a bad apple. Oh, see, it got quiet in here. Because we got some people that, that are serving and, and, and others are serving that, that are there to serve the public. So you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Can I get a witness? Just because you came from a church where, where people were cutting up and, and they, they were in the church but they weren't living nothing, that don't mean that everybody else ain't living nothing. Because you hooked up with a booger bear and married him, don't mean that every man is a booger bear. Come on now, all men's aren't dogs. All men, men's, all men aren't dogs. You just happen to get get one on wow 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 And if the truth be told, your friends were trying to tell you about him. Because he was trying to hit on them behind your back, and they kept trying to tell you he ain't no good, but you wouldn't listen. I love him. Can we talk? See, 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 this kind of preaching maybe a little bit too raw for some of y'all, but this is the kind of stuff we need to hear because, listen, sometimes we get in situations and we find ourselves uh, even rebelling against the authority of God because of, amen, us not listening to the word of God. Some brothers have got hold to sisters in, in, in the marriage and, 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 and had, they, had they followed the leading of the Holy Spirit, they would have never been there. People are, people, listen, anybody can go off the rails. But what I'm going to tell you is this. God is a forgiving God. And if you will repent and turn away from being off the rail, he'll receive you back, amen, with open arms. Just don't stay out there. Don't keep wallowing in the pig pen. My God, amen, says that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I thank God for that verse. Amen. So, so we can't be rebellious. You know, uh, you know, he established human government. He established church leadership. Just because you have some bad leaders where you came from, don't mean that every leader is bad. And it doesn't excuse you from not obeying your leadership. It doesn't excuse you from not wives submitting to your husband as unto the Lord. But, you know, he just, he, he, he don't do this right. Well, listen, everything ain't wrong about him. You married him. Amen. Support him. Encourage him. Talk with him. You married her. Love her. Like Christ loved the church. Okay. We could talk about different kinds of rebellion. We could talk about knowing what God wants us to do in his word and not doing it. But the primary focus of number 16 this wilderness attitude that we're trying to put off is rebellion against people, not a rebellion necessarily against the truth. They had a problem with Moses and Aaron. This whole chapter is about the people that God has placed in authority in your life and how you handle them. We're learning from the Israelites and this chapter, listen to me carefully, is about the people that God has placed in authority in your life 
and how you handle them. How do you handle your pastoral relationship? Do you, do you, you come and you hear me share principles of the word of God and exhort you to do certain things based on the scripture and you hear me, but you don't hear me? See, God, God's watching that. How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you handle your situations at work? God is watching that. This chapter is about, hear me carefully, this chapter, hear me carefully, is about the people that God has placed in authority in your life and how you handle them. See, you may not even say a word, but God is looking at your heart. You're looking at that person at your place of employment with a spirit of indignation, and you're doing what you're asked to do, but then you, 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 inside you just, you, you're bawling. God is watching how we observe his word and how we respond to it. So all of us have people in our lives that God has placed there and they are in a position of authority over us. God wants to know how do you deal with those folks? Whether it's your husband, whether it's children, whether it's your parents, mom and dad. Amen. How do you deal with that? So rebellion is a serious. Number two, rebellion exists in every human heart. We said it before. Look at Proverbs 22 and 15 with it right quick. Y'all know this scripture right here. It's, rebellion exists in every human heart. Proverbs 22, 50 says, a youngster's heart is filled with foolishness, but physical discipline will drive it far away. Did it say time out will drive it far away? Time out may work for some children, but some of them, you got one that time out will work for, and the other one, he just said, time out, hey, hey, give it to me, give it to me. Am I right about it? If you got two or three, they all are different in most cases. KW says, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but a rod of correction will drive it, what, far from him. It's bound up in our very being, y'all. It's part of our nature. There's a desire to go my own way. All of us had a desire. It's in the heart of every kid. Now watch this. Listen, listen. Y'all know this. You know, they, they sit in the nursery and you think everything is so innocent and perfect about them. They, you, they, they're born, they're six months old, now they're eight months old, and they're one year old, and now two. There's a reason why they call it the terrible twos. Have y'all heard the term terrible twos before? All of a sudden, they get to that age, usually around two o'clock, two, two, two years old, and you see that they have a will now. No! Man! No! I'm going to hit you, mama. What is that? That's that rebellious nature. Come on now. Y'all seen it, right? Oh, that baby. Oh, that little baby. Look at that baby. Then all of a sudden, I need some hands raised. Because that rebellious nature, it's, it's, it's in our sin nature. They didn't learn that. It came from within. You don't have to teach your child to be rebellious. You got to teach them how to do what's right. You got to teach them how to share. Because it's in our nature to be selfish and do things our own way. Keep in mind that by rebellion, again, we're not talking about ignorance. When, when you don't know and you, and, you, and you need to be taught. We're not talking about some, somebody who's discouraged, who may be struggling, who know, but they're discouraged and they're struggling, they're trying to do what's right, but can't seem to get it right. No, we're talking about people who know what's right, but just simply not doing it. Amen? It's not the pain of trying and failing and repenting and trying again. Rebellion is, I won't, I know I should, but I won't. And you can't make me, Pastor. You can't make me love them folks, Pastor. I don't care what you say. You can't make me uh, accept this or whatever, Pastor. First of all, I'm not here to, to make you do anything. But I'm here to tell you this. When you have an attitude of rebellion, like the children of Israel did, in, they came up against Moses and Aaron, because really what they were, at the point that they, they had this rebellion, it had already been decided by God that that entire generation was going to not go into the promised land and they're going to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years and die. Because of their rebellion. So then, now they're taking that on Moses and Aaron. 
See, sometimes people take stuff out on you, and it's a result of their disobedience that they're in that position that they're in. Rebellion, rebellion number three, has many sources. Okay, many sources. What is the source of rebellion? Well, the first one is jealousy. Go back, to, go back to number 16, verse number three, jealousy. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to hit these and we're going we're gonna to look at submission next week, okay? Submissive attitude next week. Jealousy. Look at, look at, look at what the text says. They united against Moses and Aaron and said, you have gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord and he is with all of us. What right do you have to act as though you are greater than the rest of the Lord's people? Well, first of all, let me tell you something. Who, who appointed Moses in this position? And who, who, told, who told him to take Aaron along with you? Because you complain about you can't talk, you stutter, you're, you're th- take, take your brother with you. That's kind of what God said. He got tired of Moses complaining and giving excuses. Moses was a reluctant leader. Guys, I'm telling you, I'm a reluctant leader. I never saw myself doing what I'm doing here today. And if you had a, if you had a tap me on the shoulder at 18 or 20, 22, I would tell you, no, 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 not me. But Moses was a reluctant leader. But it was God who put him in place. Are y'all with me? It was God. Now, listen, guys, there are times in your life when you see things that are going on and, 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 uh, and, God, and God, God will have you in a certain position. And sometimes, you know, it, you know, when it comes to promotions and those type things, you know, God is the one who opens. And I'm, I'm going to look at that real quickly and I'm going to let you see that. But he'll use people to do it. Like most rebellions, this one was about control. Korah and his agents wanted to be in authority with Moses or at least equal with him in authority. So jealousy can drive a spirit of rebellion. Delusion can cause a spirit of rebellion to crop up. Go to, go to the fourth verse. It says, when Moses heard what they were saying, he fell face down on the ground. Verse 5 says, well, let's read. Then he said to Korah and his followers, tomorrow morning the Lord will show us who belongs to him and who is holy. The Lord will allow only those who he selects to enter into his into, Enter his own presence. Next verse says what? Come on. Korah, you and all your followers must prepare your incense burners. Next verse says light fires in them tomorrow and burn incense before the Lord. Then we will see whom the Lord chooses as his holy one. You Levites are the ones who've gone too far. Basically we said you Levites are delusional. You think that God's divine order is not right. You think that God's purpose and his plan are off course. You think you can change God's order. You think that you can now, amen, say a man can marry a man and a woman can marry a woman and just disobey God's order. You think you're delusional. Delusion causes rebellion. Next thing is ungratefulness. Third source is ungrateful. Korah was serving the tabernacle. He had a job as one of the special separated ministers, yet he wasn't grateful for his special position as a Levite. Why? Why? He just didn't think he had a big enough job. If you have a position of authority, don't ever forget that. First of all, it comes from God. Go to Psalms 75, verse 6 and 7. Psalm 75 from the KJV, Psalm 75, verse 6 through 7. Come on, we got we to gotta move. Psalm 75, verses 6 through 7. Did y'all hear what I just said? I'm going to repeat it. If you have a position of authority, don't ever forget that it comes from God. Psalm 75, 6 says what? For what? Promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge he put it down one and he set up another. He put down one and set up another. Can I get a witness? So, so first of all, uh, whatever position of authority you have, it comes from God. Second, if you have a position, it came from God, but it came through people. People allow people to function in positions of authority. 
Don't ever forget that a position of authority is a trust given by people in the church, in the home, out in the marketplace, in corporate America. Amen. If you start to think, hear me carefully, if you start to think that you deserve it or you can demand it, then you've forgotten how you got there. And you are, you are one ungrateful somebody. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you are an ungrateful somebody. It's the Lord that gave the promotion. Don't you? I don't ever think that I deserve anything. If it wasn't for the Lord on my side, tell me where would I be? If it wasn't for the Lord, it meant walking me down the right path. I don't know where I'd be. Out there demanding. You forgot who got you there. Fourth thing is stubbornness. Stubbornness. Stubbornness fuse rebellion. Go to, go to the 12th verse of this same chapter. Stubbornness. Verse number 12. Of number 16. Number 16, verse number 12. Watch this. Watch this. Hallelujah. Then Moses. <laughs> now, let me, let me, I'm going to try to fast forward this a little bit. Moses had told the Levites, okay, you guys gather your censers. The censer was, uh, it's like a pot with a top on it. And it was a, a, a long, a long pole at the end of it. And they would burn coals in there and then they would come in and put incense in there incense in there and often as a fragrance for the Lord and so the Levites served in their robe but he said you gather your incense put your stuff in there and and we're going to see who the Lord has chosen alright now watch this but, but there was two of them that, that even refused to even come and do that then Moses summoned Dathan and Abiram the sons of Eliab but they replied we refuse to come before you now they've they really gotten beside themselves Huh? Pastor, you talking about coming to midweek Bible? I come when I want to come. You can't tell me when to come to church. You besides yourself. Because, see, God has put authority figures in your life. Come on. And, and, and parents, listen, learn this. And children, you better learn this too. Children, listen to me. When you learn how to submit to your parental authority, and especially when you're eating off their table, Driving a car that they still putting gas in, paying the insurance on. I'm just saying. Yeah, you 18, but that don't mean nothing. You still got a free room. Air comes on in the summertime. Heat comes on in the wintertime, and you ain't paid one bill—not gas bill, not electric bill—and you're still up under their authority then they have a, 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 a right and a responsibility to still help guide you. Even though you're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. See, authority is something that we got to respect. If not, we're going to find ourselves in a, in a position where God's going to have to deal with us. We refuse to come. For, they refuse to come up as Moses has commanded. Let me, the next thing, disappointment. Verse 13, let's go. Verse 13. Isn't it enough that you brought us? Now watch this. Isn't it enough that you brought us out of Egypt? Hey, now watch this. Look at what they're saying. What, what was really the land that was flowing milk and honey? Canaan, the promised land where God says, every place your foot treads upon, I've given it to you. But now look at these delusional folks. They were in Egypt in slavery, making brick, a man without straw. And look at what they said. Isn't it enough that you brought us out of Egypt, a land flowing with milk and honey? If it was flowing milk and honey, they didn't get none. They were in slavery. But now you can get so rebellious, you, you, you forget the hand that fed you. Huh? Sit up there, they ain't got a pot to use the bathroom in. And a back door to throw it out of. And talk about you getting your stuff and leave. Where you going to go? If I say rebellion, rebellion will have you talking crazy. They said, listen, a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us here in this wilderness and that you now treat us like your subjects. 
So now, now notice how rebellion distorts the picture and, and leads to these accusations. They, they said Egypt was a land that was flowing with milk and honey. Okay? Listen, they were disappointed, and disappointment often leads to rebellion. Maybe there's been a church leader in your life who didn't live up to some of what he, he or she professed, and the person disappointed you. How many of y'all have used that as an occasion to rebel? I said this one, I'll say it again. And y'all hear me carefully, I'm going to say it plain. I always repeat this. Somebody in church, maybe you got crossways when you were disappointed. Why in the world would you let somebody who disappointed you cause you to leave the place that God told you to be? That never makes sense to me. Why in the world would you leave where God told you to be because maybe you got crossway with somebody in the church? I never understood that. If I'm going to be obedient to anything or anybody, it's going to be to God. I'm going to be what God told me to be. And I'm going to learn how to deal with that person. Why? Okay, why do you stop coming to church altogether because some preacher disappointed you? You don't stop going to work. You don't quit going to work tomorrow. I'm, I'm not going to ever work again because I had, to, I had a boss that just didn't treat me right the last time. So I'm quitting work altogether. I'm going to live off the land. Yeah, I bet you are. Come on. Watch this. Have you ever used that as an excuse or occasion to rebel? It's wrong. Both what that person did and how you respond to it. God is watching Amen. God has placed you there and you need to find God's purpose in that place. As long as the person is not asking you to sin, you need to find a way to be under that person's authority. Amen. Amen. Distrust. Last one. Okay. Stubbornness, disappointment, causes us to rebel and distrust. Verse 14 says, what's more, you haven't brought us into a, you, you haven't brought us into another land flowing with milk and honey. You haven't given us a new homeland with fields and vineyards. Are you trying to fool these men? We will not come. Say we ain't come. They distrusted Moses' leadership because of the spirit of rebellion. So next thing, rebellion has many consequences too. Leadership withdrawal. Go, go to First of all, leadership withdrawal where people pull away. Look, look at verse 19. I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta show y'all this and we got to get out of here. Can we pick up next week? Will y'all let me do that? I promise you I tried to finish this today, but I knew and I get here. I'm giving you one this week and the bad this week. We'll get to look at the good next week. All right. So come back for the good. All right. Look at it online. Okay. Watch this, watch this. Meanwhile, Korah had stirred up the entire community against Moses and Aaron, and they all gathered at the tabernacle entrance. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Watch this. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, watch this. Get away from all these people so that I may instantly destroy them. How many of y'all know God was hot right by now? Because they rebelled against his ordained leader. Look at the next verse. Let's go. Let's go. But Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground. Now listen. Oh God, they pleaded. I can appreciate these men integrity because if somebody start rebelling against some of you all, then you're like, well, God, go and kill them. <laughs> they ain't right anyhow. Kill them, God. Wipe them out. But true leaders don't abandon you in your time of foolishness. True leaders learn how to, to say, OK, yeah, yeah, you're off track. Yeah, you're talking crazy. Yeah, you're talking about me. But I'm still going to love you and I'm still going to pray for you. Watch this. But God was getting ready to do what? Watch them out. But Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground. Oh, God, they pleaded. You are the God who gives breath to all creatures. Must you be angry with all the people when only one man sins? See, sometimes you can mess your whole family up with your sin. Hello? You can mess your whole family up because of your foolishness. Y'all out on the street because you gamble all the house money away. But Moses and Aaron fell down. They pleaded with God. Look at the next verse. Come on, let's go. It says what? Uh, and, and the Lord said to Moses, then tell all the people to get away from the tents of, watch this, get away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, 
and Abiram, these rebellious leaders. There's a bunch of them, but these were the ring leaders. Watch what the text says. See, sometimes you, you, when you find some rebellious folk in the church and you, you know they're rebellious, talking against the ministry, talking about everybody else, just kind of slide to get back because something's something getting ready to happen. So Moses got up and rushed over to the tents of Dathan and Abiram, followed by the elders of Israel. Text says, quick, he told the people, get away from the tents of these wicked men and don't touch anything that belongs to them. If you do, you will be destroyed for their sins. Verse says, so all the people stood back from the tents of Korah, Dothan and Abiram. Then Dothan and Abiram came out and stood at the entrance of their tents together with their wives and children and little ones. See, they're going to mess their whole family up. Watch this, watch this. And Moses said, this is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all these things that I've done. For I've not done them on my own. Moses said, I ain't walking down this. Everything I've done, the Lord been with me. Everything I've done and everything I've, I've told you, God told me to tell you. If these men die a natural death or if nothing unusual happens, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord does something entirely new. And the ground opens its mouth and swallows them and all their belongings and they go down alive into the grave. Then you will know that these men have shown contempt for the Lord. Look at the text. Watch this. Watch this. He had harshly, he had hardly finished speaking the words when the ground suddenly split wide open beneath him. The text says what? Next verse. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed the men along with their households and all their followers who were standing with them and everything they own. Earth just opened up, swallowed them. Everybody say they dead. So they went down alive into the grave along with all their belongings. The earth closed over them and they all vanished from among the people of Israel. Most of you get off around them. The rebellious folks, some of y'all running with folks who are rebellious and not doing the Lord's will. You better get out from around them. Because, see, sometimes you go down with the cat who's doing the deed. You were just in the car, but you got arrested, too. Knew what they had in the car. You stayed with them, but you're going down with them. They went down the grave and the earth swallowed. Look at verse 34. Watch this. Watch this. All the people around them fled. When they heard their screams, the earth going to swallow us too, they cried. <laughs> How many of y'all that get your attention, wouldn't it? Text says, then fire blazed forth from the Lord and burned up the 250 men who were offering incense. Remember those ones, Moses, uh, when Moses already said, listen, y'all got y'all incense, and we're going to come to the tabernacle, and we're going to see who really belongs to the Lord. Here's judgment happening, y'all. The fire blazed forth from the Lord. And burn up the 250 men who were offering incense. Rebellion. Next verse. Watch this. I got to go. And the Lord said to Moses, watch this. Tell Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, to pull all the incense burners from the fire. For they are holy now. <laughs> Get those incense on the fire from those 250 men who were unholy. God's judgment came, guys. Also tell him. To scatter the burning coals. Take the incense burners of these men who have sinned at the cost at the cost of their lives and hammer the metal into a thin sheet to overlay the altar. Since these burners were used in the Lord's presence, they become holy. Let them serve as a rewarding to the people of Israel. Watch this. Look at this verse. So Eleazar the priest collected the 250 bronze incense burners that had been used by the men who died in the fire, and he hammered them into a thin sheet. To overlay the altar. Every time you look at that altar, overlay with that, they're going to think about those 250 men who got burned up. And they're going to think about those, those, the families of those three men who were the ring leaders, how the earth opened up and swallowed them up because of their rebellion. A rebellious attitude is very serious. And when you know what the Lord says, but refuse to do it, you can, you can quietly rebel. You ain't got to be loud and boisterous like these folks were. Some people just acquired quietly rebellion. You sit there right there laughing at me, looking at you. Amen, amen. I ain't going to do nothing you say. You can preach to the cows come home, but you, you, you ain't doing that. I do what I want to do. I'm grown. Okay. Everybody just step back. Get, get away from y'all. Because the Lord will deal with a rebellious attitude. Next week, we'll look at a submissive attitude. Jesus gave his life so that you and I 
could have a right to the tree of life. Check your heart to see if you're rebellion, if you're rebelling. What do you, what has God shown you that you should do that you're not doing? That's rebellion. And all of us have some rebellion in our hearts, so we got to check ourselves. Rebellion has a lot of consequences. Innocent people are injured when you're in a state of rebellion. Guilty will be condemned when you're in a state of rebellion. It will spread and can infect other people. Those are consequences. And rebellion is ultimately against God. Everybody, everybody close.